All right, everybody, welcome to today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. On today's episode, I will discuss the new Mars rover exploration. I will also talk about snow and how snow has found itself at parts of the planet that you wouldn't really expect snow to be seen for the most part. I will then also tell you guys an intriguing story about the origin of the chicken wing, and then I will conclude, as always, with some final thoughts. I hope you guys enjoy the episode. So I'm going to begin this podcast episode by talking about the Mars rover exploration and how the NASA Perseverance Mars rover safely landed on Mars after its 292.5 million mile journey from Earth and how the rover itself had been on a nearly 300 million mile journey since it left Earth more than six months ago. Perseverance, which the rover is named, and a team that's in charge of the rover lived up to the namesake because of all the challenges that the team that is in charge of this Mars rover exploration had to overcome. And they also had to prepare for the journey's final stages during a global pandemic. So when the rover landed on Mars, it was, you know, it was a sense of triumph because of everything that's been going on with the pandemic and everything. Obviously, there is a lot going on in the world right now. So this was great news for science. This was great news for technology. This was great for NASA, for space exploration. So it's just a nice feel-good story all around. And we... As a society, we as humanity, we just have a love affair with Mars. It's been an enduring one. That's one that's been full of wonder about the possibility of life on our mysterious neighboring planet that's 300 million miles away from us. So this mission that is being carried out by NASA could search for evidence that could give us the answer as to whether or not there was ever life on Mars, as to say. So, you know, maybe aliens existed at one point. Maybe aliens do still exist, and they're living and hiding on Mars just so they don't have to be found. But Perseverance is full of first, including the search for signs of ancient life on Mars, the first recordings of sound on the planet itself, and other things as well. So... The rover will explore the Jezero Crater, which is the site of an ancient lake that existed 3.9 billion years ago, and search for microfossils and the rocks and soil there. And follow-up missions will return samples of the site that is collected by the rover itself to Earth by the 2030s. Along for the ride with the rover itself will be an experiment to fly a helicopter called Ingenuity, which This is also a first, too. A helicopter is going to be flying on a planet for the first time. So that's another part of the historical aspect of this mission, which I think is pretty cool in itself. So going off of that, just because the landing had occurred doesn't mean the mission is over. Obviously, there is a lot that needs to be done with in terms exploring the planet taking a look at everything, taking pictures, sending pictures back, collecting sounds, sending the sounds back in audio recordings. So the mission will last about two years. It landed about 1.2 miles to the southeast of a river delta in the crater. 
and images that are taken by the rover, like I said, will just be sent to NASA. NASA will put them out available to the public, and the rover is going to go through a checkout period, which is the capturing of these images. And then teams on Earth will go through a month of inspection, software downloads, and preparations for roving. Whereas the helicopter team will make sure that the helicopter is safe, healthy, and ready to fly. And they're calling it a true extraterrestrial Wright Brothers moment, quote-unquote. And this process it will take about 10 days where the rover will drop the helicopter on the surface of Mars and roll away from it. And the helicopter will fly around and have to survive very cold nights on Mars, keep itself warm and charge itself using solar panels. And then when it flies, it can only last about 20 seconds for flying. So it has to get a lot done in that 20 seconds that it's in the air. But at the same time, not only will the rover and helicopter be looking for life on Mars as well, they'll also be searching and studying Mars's climate and geology and collect samples that will eventually be returned to Earth by the 2030s as well. So not only are they looking for potential life forms that were there, they're also taking a look at the, at the science of everything as well in terms of climate and geographical structure too. Overall, this is a pretty cool thing. You know, it's cool for science, cool for technology. It's good for people that are interested in all of this because, you know, not just people like me who like, ooh, aliens, but with people in terms, you know, of geology or space exploration as well, it makes for a good story all around. And with that, I am now going to keep it in terms of the science, but I'm now going to turn my attention to snow and how snow itself has just been kind of in places that we never expected it to be. So as I mentioned, I'm going to turn my attention now to the snow and how the snow has found itself in places on Earth that you wouldn't expect it to be. And I'm going to begin with how snow just found itself in Texas and the issues that occurred in Texas because of that ongoing snowfall, because of how much snow felt like was falling in Texas, and the chain of events that followed after that. So Texas itself, you know, it doesn't get snow for the most part. Like there snow does not happen for the most part in Texas. Up until the recent events where Texas was pretty much on winter storm warnings, winter storm watch winter weather advisories, they had an amount of snow that had never been seen before. And because of what had happened with this snowstorm that was going on in Texas, they, the people of Texas had widespread issues in terms of water issues, power issues, infrastructure issues because the infrastructure in Texas wasn't made to be prepared for an event like that. So based on the damage that was going on in terms of infrastructure, power, lack of water, water freezing because it's it was so cold and 
all the snow that was going on there too. You really had the feel for the people of Texas, and I myself felt really awful for the people of Texas because not only were they not prepared for this, I mean, you really aren't going to be prepared for something like that in an area that doesn't experience something like that. And at the same time, I feel bad for them because of the lack of preparation for the infrastructure in terms of the infrastructure isn't really built for something of that nature. And then I also felt bad for the people of Texas as well because, well, their representative, Ted Cruz, decided to say, fuck it, I'm going to Mexico with this family and take a family vacation. And he ended up coming back to Texas 24 hours later because he, you know, everybody on Twitter bitched for the most part. They all complained. They all bitched. People were like, hey, what the fuck are you doing down in Mexico when the people of Texas, your constituents, are suffering because of a huge storm that occurred in your state because that just doesn't happen. But I'm going to go back to talking about the snow and everything because I don't want to waste my time or anybody else's time complaining and bitching about Ted Cruz and how much of a moron he is. So Texas is one of those places that snow fell for a while that you never really expected to happen like that. And as I mentioned, I do feel bad and I've continued to pray for the people of Texas because of everything that was going on in that state. But another place on the planet that snow fell and this is technically a rare snowfall, was the Mediterranean region. So rare snowfall blanketed the Mediterranean for a few days in places like Athens, Greece, Istanbul, Turkey, Jerusalem, Israel, and even the capital of Lebanon as well. So these are places that don't typically experience snow themselves because of where they are on the planet and also because of their climate situation. But over a period of a few days, snow, snowfall did happen in these places, and they got a rare snow blanket of snow covering the ground. So it was a unique experience to the people of Athens, Jerusalem, Lebanon, and actually even Syria too. Syria, uh, Syria also got blanketed by snow, even though technically it's not in the Mediterranean region. But... That's also a place itself that doesn't experience something like that because of, like I said, the climate situation. So, in, you know, that comes to the point of whether, like, you know, the debate of climate change and the debate of, like, is climate change real and everything. And I'm not going to go into all of that right now because that's a whole nother topic for and a whole nother discussion for a whole nother podcast episode, potentially, and a whole nother day in itself. But I just found it all interesting for the most part that snowfall was happening in these places that you really don't experience snowfall. And because of snowfall happening in places like this, either bad things could happen like they did in Texas, or it can just create picturesque moments like over in the Mediterranean region and and Syria. So it could snowfall can be good, snowfall can be bad. In places that it doesn't usually fall, snow 
could be picturesque, snow could be a bitch. So with that being said, I'm now going to turn my attention away from the snow. I'm now going to turn my attention away from all the science associated with everything. And that now I am going to tell you a story about that may or may not intrigue you about the origin of the chicken wing. All right, so I'm going to go into a story that I read about that I found very intriguing, and it pertains to the origin of the chicken wing. Now, what's in question in terms of the origin of the chicken wing is not the place of origin. That is still Buffalo, New York. Buffalo, New York is the undisputed home of the chicken wing. Nobody can tell me otherwise. If you try to tell me otherwise, you are dead wrong. What is put into question, actually, with the origin of the chicken wing is how the chicken wing actually came about and who actually came up with the concept of the chicken wing themselves. Everybody is familiar with the story of how chicken wings were brought into the world because of the owners of the Anchor Bar. Everybody knows the story of how on some random night in 1964, the son of the owners of the Anchor Bar was tending bar and some of his friends arrived at the bar very hungry because they were drinking. The son, tending bar, asked his mother, Teresa Belsimo, to prepare something for his friends to eat. And what they looked like were wings from the chicken. Part of the chicken that usually went into stock for soup. Now, Teresa Bellissimo deep fried the wings and flavored them with the secret sauce. And we all know what came next. The wings themselves were an instant hit. It didn't take long for people to flock to the anchor bar to experience this new taste sensation. And from that moment on... Chicken wings, buffalo wings, wings, whatever you want to call them, became a regular part of the menu at the Anchor Bar and pretty much a part of society in Buffalo and a great appetizer at many restaurants around the country. This phenomenon create that was created in 1964, they say by Teresa Bellissimo, just spread like wildfire, but... In question now is, like I said, the main origin of the chicken wing because when I was reading this story, I found out about a place before 1964 that was selling chicken wings. And that is where I go into John Young's Wings and Things. John Young's Wings and Things was the first full-time chicken wing restaurant in Buffalo that dated back to 1961, which is three years prior to when... Teresa Bellissimo made those chicken wings for her son Dominic on that night where all his friends were drunk and looking for something to eat. Young grew up on an Alabama truck farm and came up to Buffalo during the Great Migration and brought with him his soul food recipes passed down through his family generations. He opened up a grocery store eventually that began selling chicken wings on Jefferson and Utica and John Young's Wings and Things was born. It was a cornerstone of Buffalo's African-American community during the 1960s, and it was visited regularly by celebrities such as Joe Tex, former Buffalo Bills running back Cookie Gilchrist, and legendary singer Rick James, who is from Buffalo. 
Yun's wings were uncut, breaded, deep-fried, and served with secret mumbo sauce. The sauce was liberally applied to wings, french fries, bread, and just about anything he could find. When John Yun's wings and things opened, he said people fell out of the sky, quote-unquote. Customers lined up around the block to get his chicken wings reasonably priced at 10 whole wings for just $1. Now, that's a steal any in any generation. That was a steal in the 60s. That's a steal today. If I get 10 wings for a dollar, sign me up. Wherever that is, sign me up. Sadly, though, the shop had to close shortly after race riots in 1967, and John Young John lost his place in memory in terms of the origin of the chicken wing. And Young admits that Teresa Bellissimo was the first person to cut the wings in half before frying them and the first to serve them with celery and blue cheese dressing. But he still claimed that the original concept was his, even though Bellissimo would go on to trademark the buffalo wing. John Young's family said that the lack of marketing and the, la- and the failure to secure a trademark is the reason John Young's name is not recorded as the originator of the wing today. They said in hindsight, if he would have patented his chicken wings and his mambo sauce, people would not be having this discussion today. But many, pe- but many people who know the history of Buffalo knows who was selling wings first. I did not know that, honestly, until I read this story. I had always thought that the Bellissimo family was the ones that originated the chicken wing in 1964. But now I know that John Young and his restaurant, John Young's Wings and Things, was doing this at least three years prior to the Bellissimo family and the Anchor Bar because obviously, you know, 1961 comes before 1964. So it puts into perspective, like, the origin of the chicken wing itself. Obviously, it can be disputed still. It probably still will be disputed. Many people will still think that the Bellissimo family came up with the concept of the chicken wing. Other people will will believe that John Young came up with the chicken wing. Honestly, they're both unique in their own way because John Young did not cut the wing, whereas the Bellissimo family did cut the wing. And then you've got the mambo sauce, and then you've got the celery and blue cheese. So each was unique in their own way. But the one thing that is not up for dispute is place of origin of the chicken wing and that is buffalo new york and like i said earlier if anybody tries to tell me otherwise you're dead wrong so who said who so it's up to you deciding where the origin of the chicken wing came from john young or Teresa blissimo that's up for you to decide so before i conclude today's episode of the podcast i figured i'd try out a new segment for the podcast called story time with jerry so grab some popcorn and take a seat everyone because it's story time now so i decided to go out to a bar for the first time since november mainly because i haven't really done anything since after the holidays in terms of changing up the routine a little bit. 
ever since the holidays ended because of how winters in Rochester are with cold and snow almost all the time. It's just been pretty much work and relaxing in my apartment, playing video games, watching sports, whether it's hockey or basketball or watching whatever I can find on Hulu, Netflix, you know, streaming services like that. So I decided to go out to a bar in the east end of Rochester that I was familiar with when I went to college called Filgers with a friend of mine. And I'll refer to my friend in this sense as Little Johnny for namesake purposes only. So overall, going out to the bar with my friend Little Johnny, it, it was something, let me tell you. So first off, I want to begin on how Little Johnny cannot control his liquor, honestly. He had, we both had the same amount of drinks. We both had three drinks. I had a Red Bull vodka and two Pink Whitney and Sprites, but they were only singles. He had a Red Bull vodka and two Pink Whitney and Sprites, but he made them doubles. All of, of them were doubles. So he had twice as much vodka in his system than I did, so I was able to control my liquor and, you know, my actions a little bit more than he was. So what little Johnny decided to do was reach out to various people that he knows and just give them a call just for shits and giggles. He tried calling uh, one friend that uh, we both have that's li- that lives here in the Rochester area, tried calling him like four times, and... The guy just never picked up and, you know, my friend was, you know, just a little down in the dumps hoping he would answer. So the next person that my, that my friend calls, he calls my old roommate uh, from freshman year at Fisher, who's not even in the state anymore. He's out in Iowa going to medical school. So he re- so my, my old roommate from Fisher, freshman year, answers and I can hear the conversation, you know, on like... I can hear my old roommate on the phone, and obviously, you know, my friend Lil Johnny sat next to me. And my friend Lil Johnny's just like, hey, man, I miss you so much right now. Like, I wish you were here. Like, I can't tell you how much of a good time I'm having. And and I hear, like, on the phone, like, how fucking drunk are you right now? And, you know, little Johnny's like, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty drunk right now, but I'm here with Jer- Jerry, you know, he's doing good too, you know, if you want to talk to him. So they sh- they're shooting the shit for a little bit, honestly. I mean, I got to talk to my old roommate, my old roommate fr- from freshman year at Fisher, you know, just catch up with him for a, a couple minutes, see how he's doing and whatnot. But it was kind of hilarious because... You know, just listening to my friend little Johnny talk on the phone, like, you know, all slurry voiced and, you know, slow talking. It, it was kind of funny to uh, witness. But you think that would be it. Two phone calls, he'd be done. Nope. Calling a third person. Calls another mutual friend of ours that we know from Fisher who lives out in Syracuse. Although this friend of ours isn't even home in Syracuse. He's out in Connecticut. So same thing goes on. He's like, hey, man, I wish you were here right now. I'm out in Rochester having a good time with Jerry. And I'm thinking to myself, ah, here we go again. And same thing. How fucking drunk are you? Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm a little drunk right now. I mean, you know, I wish you were here having a good time and whatnot. And, you know, same thing. They're just shooting the shit for a little bit, honestly. You know, he gives the phone to me, uh... 
I, so I talked to our, my friend uh, from Syracuse that's down in Connecticut, you know, and he asks me, how are you dealing with this right now? And I said, I'm pretty drunk myself, but I'm controlling myself more than he is. So, so that, that's, the, that's the third call that he makes. You'd think he'd be done after three calls. Nope. One more call. I ended, up walk, I ended up walking away for a little bit. Found out he called some random girl that he knows. So I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck are you doing? And he's like, what? I just wanted to reach out to people. I just wanted to talk to some, some friends of mine. I'm thinking to myself, you are drunk as fuck. Control yourself. So, overall, the night at the bar, for the most part, was pretty good. You know, outside of having to deal with little Johnny making his phone calls and making a fool of himself, I got to see, I got to see a couple people I know that I met, at, I met back at Fisher. It was good to see them, but... Last call comes around and we're trying to find, you know, find an Uber or a Lyft to take back because, you know, 11 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock curfew and everything, nothing's open. So we go, we're trying to get back to my place. And little Johnny tries Uber first and Uber is, an Uber back is like 30 bucks. And he's like, oh, hell no, that's not happening. And I mean, like, what do you mean that's not happening? And he's like... I'm not paying $30 for an Uber because me and little Johnny had a deal that I would pay the lesser of the two Ubers that we took to get to get to and back from the bar. So the Uber that we pay, so the Uber that we took to get there was only about like 12 bucks. So he would have been spending like 20 bucks more than me. So he wasn't happy about that there. So he tried to find Lyft, like a Lyft driver to take us back to my place. And there were no drivers available. So we waited out for a couple, for a few minutes, like, you know, just standing around. And Uber actually increased from 30 to $35. But Lyft had drivers available for about 15, 15, 17. So we tried to get a Lyft, uh, so we tried to get a Lyft home, but still no drivers were available. Although there were more, there, the price was actually somewhat reasonable. So... Eventually, Lil Johnny decides that we should start walking. So we start walking, you know, checking every couple minutes, like what the situation with Uber and Lyft is. And I finally realized, like, we walked for a couple minutes. I'm like, hey, why don't we start reaching out to people that we know, see if we can have, get somebody to take, pick us up. And he says, okay, but I want to check Uber and Lyft. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, I'll reach out to somebody. You check Uber and Lyft. So I reach out to somebody that I know, and because I was actually talking to them, like texting them, like while I was at the bar. So I knew that they were awake at the time. I asked them, like, hey, are you still awake? You know, what are you up to? Uh, what's going on? And this person says that they're sleeping. And I said, okay, well, could you do me a favor? And they said, what? And I said, well, I need you to be would you be able to come pick me and my friend up like you know, there's no Ubers or Lyfts available right now uh, to come pick us up because of how busy it, it, it has been and I didn't hear anything from that person so that kind of upset me a little pissed me off a little bit so little Johnny reaches reached out to a couple people too because the Uber and Lyft situation there were no drivers available for either at this point so a couple so he reached out to a couple people as well. They weren't available. 
So we were in a rut. So we ended up walking a little bit further and walking a little bit further until we were able to finally get an Uber for $15. And at that point, we actually had an Uber almost confirmed until little Johnny's card got declined because of all the times he was looking at looking for an Uber. And I'm thinking to myself, this night could not get any worse. Like we're walking, we are walking like in, in the middle of Rochester in 10 to 15 degree weather on a Saturday night, on a Saturday night, because I went on a Saturday night out and we were just freezing. Like it's not an ideal situation at all. So finally, like our one friend that we know that lives here in the area reaches back out to little Johnny and says, what do you need? And eventually, little Johnny says, hey, can you come pick us up? Like, you know, we'll give you some money, blah, blah, blah. So he agrees to it, and we end up having our friend come pick us up after walking a mile and a half, picking us up and taking me back to my place, finally. So the next morning comes, and... I asked little Johnny, like, what his plans were for the day and everything because, like, I, I'm not going to lie. Like, I'm trying to get him out because, like, I'm hungover, he's hungover, but I, I just want to be by myself. I just want to, you know, take the, t- take the day to relax, unwind. I know I've got work on Monday morning. I wanted, I wanted to relax on Sunday. And he's, like, tell, and he's telling me, like, how he was doing, like, a side gig of his saying how he buys and sells, jer- like, buys and sells jerseys. And, and in the resale market. And I'm thinking to myself, okay, like I'm not comprehending any of this at all. Like I'm just sitting there listening. And he told me that he was just going to pick up, he had to like give the jersey to the kid who bought it and he was going to make a quick, quick hundred bucks off of it. And he was talking about like how he could get the money back from the bar that he spent. And I wasn't comprehending this at all, honestly, because like I was recovering from a hangover. So I blame myself on this. It only took me to realize what he was saying, what he had said after he left. And I'm thinking to myself, he could have spent the $35 on the Uber when the first Uber appeared like for for us to get. And he would have gotten that money back from the $100 he was going to make from this kid that he sold sold a soccer jersey to. So... I was, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to lie, like I'm still fuming in a way because of little Johnny's incompetence to tell me like this because, you know, he came over on Saturday, we spent, like we hung out on Saturday and before we went out Saturday night and I'm thinking to myself, now you tell me this like at like the morning after, the morning after you tell me, like, oh yeah, I, I'm making a, I'm gonna make a hundred dollars, maybe a couple hundred off this jersey I'm selling in the resale market to a kid that wanted it, blah blah blah. Oh my God, I'm not gonna lie, like I'm fuming, I'm still fuming, like I. This is the third time in a row that I have gone to a bar with somebody and it ended up in complete disaster. This this time. Having to walk in 10 to 15 degree weather because of stupidity. The time before that, back in November, I had to 
deal and listen to somebody complaining about how much they hate Trump and how and and talking about Biden. And they were just saying, oh, I hope Trump loses. Uh, you know, I hope Biden wins. They're asking me all, all my political opinions and everything. I'm like, I don't want to go to a bar and talk politics. That's the last thing I want to do. And then the time before that, honestly, like, you know, they that person just got way too personal with me talking about a lot of personal and I am and I mean really personal issues going on with them. So I kind of felt a little uncomfortable there. So it was just like the last three times I've gone to the bar, it was just crazy. It just ended in craziness and potential disaster for me. But this one being the worst of them all, because I had to walk a mile and a half in 15 degree weather on slush covered sidewalks in the city of Rochester. And it was very annoying because my friend, my friend, little Johnny didn't want to live up to his end of the deal because he was too cheap only to realize that He's a fucking idiot. And I take, I'll admit that I partake blame myself too because I hadn't realized this until after he was gone. And I'm kind of glad that I didn't realize what he was mentioning until he was gone because I probably would have, I probably would have like, you know, gone off Fiona Gallagher on, on him. Those, who that, those that watch Shameless may get my reference. If you don't get my reference, I recommend watching Shameless. But... Overall, when it comes to going to the bar on any night of the week, if you're going to drink, if you know you're going to drink and you know you can't drive back, make sure you have your ride situation taken care of right away, especially in cold weather, because you do not want to be standing around or walking around in cold weather for too long. And with that being said, that concludes story time with Jerry. All right, with that being said, I will now go into my final thoughts as I get ready to conclude this episode of the podcast. And I just want to say that I am fucking happy that baseball season is finally upon us. I am very happy that pitchers and catchers reported not only to the Yankees baseball organization, but they reported to their other respective baseball organizations as well. I am very happy that if it hasn't happened already over the next few days, the, uh, the other positional players will not only report to the Yankees for spring training, but to the other baseball organizations as well for spring training. I, I enjoy baseball. Uh, spring training is one step closer to opening day for the baseball season. I am not only looking forward to seeing how the Yankees will look in spring training, I'm also looking forward to seeing how other players with their respective teams will do in spring training, especially all of the new additions to not just the Yankees, but to the other baseball teams as well. And baseball is also going to help me forget about how much of a shit show the Buffalo Sabres hockey team has been as well. So I can now turn my attention away from how shitty the Sabres have been to focusing on baseball and how much I'm looking forward to not just another Yankees baseball season, but another MLB season as well. All right, with that being said, that concludes today's episode of the Jerry's World Podcast. I hope you all enjoyed today's episode. You can listen to and subscribe to the Jerry's World Podcast on 
Apple Podcasts or Spotify. You can also follow the Jerry's World Podcast on Instagram at Jerry's World Podcast. You can also follow me on Instagram at J underscore Michelson 97. I will try to be better with the next episode. And until the next episode, I hope everyone stays safe.